This is no ordinary pod. <laughs> no ordinary pod. Been waiting a long time for this one, Noah. Long time. This is no ordinary pod. AFC North. No ordinary pod. Man, that sounds good. The serenading your voice sounds good. In the morning, in the evening, and right around lunchtime right now as we were recording this, 11.54, August 19th. Sorry, computer screen's a little dim in the corner. August 19th. Noah, how are you doing over there? Doing well, doing well. Just got a rainy day in Tallahassee. Uh, was supposed to work today. Got canceled because of the rain. So just chilling. Just got another week before classes start. So enjoying it while I got it. Good, good. That's what I like there. That's what I like to hear. It's also hot and tan, but that is Noah Hemer. I am Michael Duggar. We are the Noah Neary Pod duo. The the names behind the voices you hear in your headphones or speakers, wherever you listen to us. And we're continuing our divisional previews of the NFL. We are finishing up the AFC with the AFC North. We saved this one for last because I think it will be the most competitive. Actually, maybe not the most competitive, but I, I'm very intrigued by all these teams except Cincinnati. And that's why we're not going to spend a lot of time in Cincinnati at the end of this podcast. But we're going to start at the top of the division. If you haven't heard our other divisional preview so far, we AFC South. AFC, AFC South is the one on Monday, episode 23. Episode 24 is the um, AFC East. 25 is the AFC West, correct? Yes, it's I the think West. So. And today is the AFC North. You're hearing this. This comes out on Thursday. August 22nd. Let's jump right into it. We're going division by um, start at the top of the division from last year's standings. That is the Baltimore Ravens. Noah, we did a podcast two weeks ago, the Kyler's King episode, number 21, where we discussed teams that we were excited for. We spent way too long talking about the Cardinals and the Bills to get to your to get to a team that you and I both probably have in the top three of our list teams to watch this year. That's the Baltimore Ravens. So they're coming off a division title. Led by Lamar Jackson going 7-1 down the stretch. Great defense. Best rushing attack over the second half of the season. Everything you'd expect from a young a quarter, a young offense tailored around a quarterback on the fly that has some kinks to work out with his throwing game but is the most electrifying athlete we've seen at the quarterback position in a long time. So I don't know where to start with this, but Noah, what is your number one thing you are excited about with this Baltimore Ravens? Try to narrow it down to one thing. I say just the evolution of Lamar Jackson's passing game and rapport with tight end Mark Andrews. Mm. You've been on this for a while. Yeah. Uh, he was the Oklahoma when Baker Mayfield won the Heisman at Oklahoma. He was the H-back slash tight end for the Sooners. And this was actually throwing it back to when I wrote a college football preview I wrote about future NFL players to, to watch for this game. Like if you're watching college football for fantasy purposes, in my opinion, that's the best way to get good at fantasy um, is to get good is to start watching a lot of college football. But one dude that I wrote about was this Mark Andrews guy because he was he was a menace. I, I just think of it like a menace in the paint for basketball teams, but in the middle of the field for football teams. Um, he can stretch the field down the middle. He can still block on block off the edge. He can block on, out on the perimeter. His hands are better than anyone's. He ran in a in a 
he's what he ran in college is very similar to what they're trying to do in Baltimore, just on an NFL level, and more run base than pass base. But that's that's what I'm more most excited to do because I don't think everyone discredits Lamar Jackson's throwing ability, but that's only when you compare it to his running ability, because it's what he can do with the ball in his hands. Very few NFL players as a whole can do what he can do in his hands. So his passing was only going to get better and his passing was only going to continue to improve because more experience. He's so young. He has an offense that's tailored to his strengths. That's, I think that's the next step for this team. Defense kind of takes a hit, but offensively, I don't see Lamar doing anything but getting better. Do you want to talk about um, Greg Roman, the new offensive coordinator, his impact on Lamar Jackson, his, he, who the quarterbacks he's worked with in the past with the Con Kaepernick's and let me double check who else he's worked with Tyrod Taylor and stuff like that very run heavy oriented offenses but they do a great job of you know misdirection and stuff like that so do you want to talk a little bit about how why Greg Lamar Jackson is probably in the perfect situation for him to be partnered with Greg Roman well he's kind of it's it's interesting because Roman has had a couple different quarterbacks, like you mentioned, Kaepernick and Tyrod, to to kind of work this uh, work this with. But I don't think the NFL has ever seen a quarterback quite like Lamar Jackson. Not since Vic, at the very least. But even then, mm. I think I think Lamar is going to end up having a better career than Vic. Um, I think we're going to see more splashy career numbers from Lamar than we will than we ever saw from Vic. Part of that is because of the it, trouble that Vic got into, but I would credit more of that to just what Lamar can do. And Vic has also said that himself. But I, it's just as if Greg Roman has been seasoned to do this. You know, when he had Tyrod and when he had Kaepernick, it was sometimes hit, sometimes miss. Mm-hmm. But it seems as if he's kind of, or at least has started to work out a lot of the kinks that happen with the spread offense. You can learn a lot from watching a lot of... Oklahoma ball, Ohio State ball, uh, Lane Kiffin ball, uh, Scott Frost football. Uh, you can learn a lot about how to run these spread offenses in a, in the NFL. Well, Chip Kelly was a big innovator for a lot of what they're. Chip Kelly brought a lot of made it okay, like got clearance, gave clearance like the rest of the NFL because NFL scared to change and. Now we're starting to see a lot more option. And a lot of the things is you're going to see a lot of the Ravens run a, a lot of the same three or four different plays out of three or four different formations. But they're going to run three or four different plays out of one formation. They're just going to make it look three or four different. They're just going to do the same motion. Just one different guy's going to get the ball. And it's just building counters on top of counters on top of counters. That's going to make this team so dangerous. And you have to play 11 on 11. When you play the Patriots... Yeah, you play against Tom Brady, but in terms of run, running the ball, you only play 10 on 11. But with Lamar, you know, if you got him in the in the shotgun, two receivers on each side, running back in the backfield, and you got <clears throat> five in the box, you got five defenders up close, okay, you don't block one of them on the end. You have Lamar read him. Whatever that end does is wrong, and Lamar does the opposite – 
And then if you have other people crashing on me, that's when you have like the bubble screen RPOs, the quick slant RPOs, or just the, the tuck and run RPOs with Lamar Jackson. So there's this offense is only going to continue to get better, and they only added pieces to make it better. That's I think exactly Mark, what I wanted to talk about. I think Mark Ingram at the running back position is an upgrade to anything that they had last year. I think um, the receiver position could not get worse. So they still have Willie Sneed. They got Seth Roberts. They drafted Marquise Brown. Oh, uh, yeah. I an- love Hollywood Brown, man. Another Oklahoma. Yes. Another Oklahoma pass catcher um, to go with the one that they already have in Mark Andrews. They drafted Miles Boykin, the taller. You know, go ahead. You know, and I'm just going to say about Miles Boykin. You know what he scored? You know, you know the spark score? Yeah. Spark's just a very good way of combining all your um, athletic measurements, your height, your speed, explosion on stuff, and they make you a percent. He was 99.9 percentile. Miles Boykin is legit the best athlete that Spark, one of the best athletes Spark has ever seen and measured. And I don't know if he's going to see the field that much because of how dynamic. Marcus Brown's getting some feet under, is getting some, um, what is it? getting he's starting to get healthy because he he dropped because of his foot but it's just and they have hayden hurst they have nick boyle the o-line is ranked i should probably have done this beforehand i mean ravens are 13th ranked so they are very veteran line they're it's this offense is going to be fun and hey i mean there's just so much thing and we haven't even mentioned a guy that we talk in the pre-draft process about Justice Hill, best graded running back in, but he was the uh, best offensive player graded in their last preseason game. He forced nine missed tackles on twelve touches this week alone. And Mark Ingram has not forced nine missed tackles in a full game in five years. It is going to be this, the talent and stuff they can do so much, di- so much different stuff with personnel. They can do three tight ends and one receiver they can do two tight ends two backs one receiver four wide receiver a running back four wide receiver a tight end three wide two tight end it is so much to do and if lamar improves just a little bit just a little bit as a passer this team is going to be this team's going to be another playoff threat no this is a team no one wanted to face in the playoffs last year and then they ran into the chargers bus on the chargers just had the perfect game plan for them but you don't want to see a dominant run game, a quarterback who can make all these make people miss, and a defense. That's the area I want to touch on too. I think their defense is. I don't think their defense is going to be as good. They lost a lot. Terrell Suggs, C.J. Mosley, Zadari Smith, Preston Smith just lost all these guys. And yes, they do a great job of drafting, but that was when they had Ozzie Newsom. Ozzie Newsom's not there anymore. He the the one of the best GMs in football. Now, their D-line's still strong. You know, Brandon Williams, Michael Pierce, Chris Wormley, Pernell McPhee coming off the edge. Um, linebackers, Matthew Judon's still there. Their second, I, I dude, I love their secondary, though. Marlon Humphrey and Jimmy Smith, Brandon Carr as the DBs, and you have Earl Thomas and Tony Jefferson. So how big of a step back, and they have Tim Williams, Tim Williams the old Bama five-star guy, too, uh, as an edge rusher, and Shane Ray. I'm looking at these guys. Um, and Jalen Ferguson, who's got a first-round pick on Ting. They're actually kind of deep at the, at the rushing position. Anyway, um, so do you think Baltimore's defense 
with the offense we've been talking about, you don't think they have to be last year's level of defense necessarily to for this team to be at just as successful. You think? Do you think they can take a small step back and the, and and the offense and defense will still balance each other out? I think the offense has to take a significant step forward to mask what this defense is losing, but this is still Ravens defense. This is still a Harbaugh defense. They're still going to be coming at you. They're still going to be playing physical. I think the worst Ravens defense we've seen was the year right after Ed Reed and Ray Lewis retired. And since then, they've had, they didn't, they reloaded. It's all they did. Mm -hmm. I honestly think that this team's going to be fine because it's kind of built a lot like a Patriots defense. Back up from the, from the back up. Yeah, you know they mm-hmm. have a they they're back they're back their secondary is strong. Oh yeah, Earl Thomas, Thomas, Tony Jefferson, Marlon Humphrey, Jimmy Smith, Brandon Carr in the reserve. You got uh, Justin Bethel in reserve. Cyrus Jones is a talented guy. Um, and then they just like you said they you said that their front seven's so. Deep. It's deep on they the got, yeah, it's deep deep, it's deep on, on the pass the, rushers. Deep on the edge, which just allows you to keep churning out rotations, churning out rotations, and sending the blitz. And I think you're going to see a very aggressive Ravens defense this year. Um, and having a ball control offense helps that too. I mean, I yeah, think so. That, that, keep, yeah, keep, yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to keep the defense fresh. It's again. All I talk, I'm only going to keep talking about on this spectrum is between Baltimore's at one end, the Bucks are at another end, and the Baltimore Ravens are just going to keep running the ball, play good defense, run the ball, play good defense, try to hit you deep on a couple Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews down the seam type plays. But other than that, they're just going to not let you score enough points while you fret on the sidelines watching Lamar do his thing. As long as Lamar takes care of the football and doesn't turn it over, this team is going to be awesome. Mm. Well, let's let's quickly revert to fantasy, and then we go to go to their schedule real quick and, and see if their win total, if where where, where we'd go on the over under win total. But very quickly, December thirty first, two thousand seventeen, you were doing a college football New Year six preview for the long, the short lived Fern, and your so and so state baller number eighty one, Mark Andrews, Oklahoma tight end. December 31st, 2017. So, anyway, a little pat on your back. Um, Thank you. But, but fantasy purposes, I would honestly not worth taking any of the receivers. Maybe Sneed late. Maybe Marquise Brown even. Sneed and Brown, I get the same time. Boykin's buried on the depth chart right now. Running backs, draft Mark Ingram. If you draft Mark Ingram, you better draft Justice Hill later on. And Lamar is a cheat code. If Lamar, if you don't have a quarterback and Lamar's sitting there in round eleven or twelve, you're perfect. Your team is you've you've done a great job drafting. So Lamar, Ingram, Hill, and of course Mark Andrews. Definitely draft Mark Andrews as a tight end. If you have two tight ends, if you're gonna do the like the wait and see tight end approach, I would draft him later on. You can draft like a Jared Cook and a Mark Andrews and just take the take, flip a coin. But there's seen, Mark Andrews has been all over the all over the headlines of, of Ravens camp and stuff like that. So keep that in mind. But quickly, over under is eight and a half wins. Their schedule. We were talking about the schedule. The schedule is. It's just it's just going to be so much fun. 
Starts with at Dolphins, so it's a homecoming for Lamar Jackson. Then they host Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Travel to Kansas City. Host the Browns at Pittsburgh. Host Cleveland. Get Host Cincinnati. A lot of division games in those first six weeks, seven weeks. Then they go at Seattle by week. Host the Patriots. Bill Belichick's worst nightmare. At Cincinnati. Host Houston. At the Rams on a Monday night. We keep going down. Host the 49ers. At Buffalo, the Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson Bowl, the future two, QB two and three of the two, three and four of the world behind Mahomes and Baker. Then they host the Jets at Cleveland, host Pittsburgh. That is, there is maybe there's not one game I don't want to watch of this team now. So, do you see them getting above that eight and a half win plateau? Easily, easily. I love easily. the confidence. I love yeah. the confidence. This team has very sleeper Super Bowl contender written all over it. Oh, man. I cannot wait for the playoff preview. I cannot wait for the prediction episode now. But, it's, I mean, I would say explain, but we've already explained all that stuff inside it's, this whole thing. Yeah, it's pretty much just a rehash of everything I had. But I'm looking at this. I just look at the schedule and I go, there's not a game that this team can't ping in. And there's not a game where, all right, yeah, you got to play the Chiefs. Um, the Ravens gave the Chiefs a run for their money last year on the road. And to uh, think that mm-hmm. you're – and to get a – I think Lamar Jackson's going to have the biggest jump out of any year two quarterback. Him and Josh Allen. Uh, dude, I don't think you understand. I'm going to get you a Josh Allen jersey. I'm, go- I'm going to. And I expect it to be worn – Every Sunday, when you're rooting for the Buffalo Bills, I do like rooting for the Bills. They're fun. They are great uniforms. This is the but, most fun they've been to watch in such a long time. Mm-hmm. But sleeper bowls, sleeper bowls, Super Bowl sleeper. I like that. I really do because I love this. I mean, we love the Ravens. I love the purple, the uniforms, everything about them. I just love them. Good offensive line, good defense, great coaching. Tina went seven and one last seven. Superior special teams, man. Superior special teams. Mm-hmm. You can't. Let me put it this way: When FSU Jimbo's last year at Florida State, they opened up the season against Alabama. Florida State wins that game. Uh, DeAndre also got hurt. Francois also got hurt. But the Florida State wins that game if they wouldn't have got gotten absolutely annihilated in special teams. They yeah. were continu- They were continuously starting from inside their own 20. They had multiple fumbles on special teams, um, missed kicks on special teams. It's, it's what everything comes down to. Whenever there's, a t- there's two tiebreakers in deciding who's going to win a game, special teams and coaching. Last year, mm-hmm. last year in the Super Bowl, we had a far superior Rams team playing a Patriots team. But what won? Coaching and special teams. Yep. Game of field position. It's about setting future self up, not always about capitalizing on what you got right now. That's a great way to put it. Um, as expected, we went 19 minutes on the Ravens, but that's expected. Let's quickly go, not quickly, let's just transition to this, t- this team that we've been notoriously down on for, for the, forever, I feel like. That's Pittsburgh Steelers. Lose Antonio Brown. Lose Mike Munchak, their offensive line guy, offensive line coach, but their their offensive line is so strong anyway. Number six in the, I think it's five now. Let me see. Yeah, this guy has him number five. Very good offensive line. New offensive line coach. See how much that does. But they return all five starters. Big Ben's had clean pockets forever. 
Le'Veon Bell's officially gone as well, which means it's officially James Conner, Jalen Samuel show. Juju's now that all number one undisputed. Moncrief's number two. Washington Switzer rounds out that. Deontay Johnson's making some waves too. Tight end Vance McDonald like him. Defense though. I feel like the offense with Antonio Brown is going to it's going to operate the same in sort of play calling. I'm just interested to see if Moncrief can be the number two, if Moncrief and Washington can be the number two and three to a to Juju like Juju was to AB. We'll see. But do you know do you know who in this receiver core I'm excited about? Who? Ryan Switzer. Mm, underneath guy, yeah. Yeah, he's another. He was a. I want to say he was a four-star receiver at UNC. Destroyed uh, FSU. That's what I was just about to say. We it's him and Trubisky. Trubisky. That's awesome. Trubisky and we. I was watching. I was in the stands watching this game. This was home game. I want to say 2016. Correct. Uh, I want to say so because I did not go to a lot of 2017 home games. So I'm going to say 2016 home. Yeah, it was the all we were good. Put Switzer in the slot and run out routes. That is all they did was just out route, out route, out route, out route. He catch the ball, make a guy miss, run 15 more yards. And I literally looking at everyone that I'm watching this game. I go, I be before the three seconds before the ball snap. I go, out route Switzer. It'd be out route Switzer. Um. Dude is an electrifying punt returner. Um, I'm. I think he's gonna end up being him in Washington. I think Moncrief's gonna do his classic fall off. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's gonna be sustainable for him throughout the season, but I think Switzer's talent and James Washington's talent is gonna be a lot of fun to watch in this offense. I I agree. I th- I'm excited for Pittsburgh, although I don't. I just don't like. Not that I don't like rooting f- for them, but they're just. I don't know. I'm not the biggest Big Ben fan. Me neither. But, but but I mean, I appreciate how I appreciate that he's a two-time Super Bowl champion, been to three. Like he's a f- Hall of Famer, no doubt. Um, but I'm just ready. I don't know. But this defense, man. This defense is going to be a monster if they can get any secondary play. If Terrell Edmonds can make a step. If Joe Hayden can keep his pace up, if Sean Davis, if all these guys can improve their play, because their front seven is nasty. Cameron Hayward, Jason Hargrave, Stephon Tuitt, TJ Watt, Mark Barron, Vince Williams, Bud Dupree, Devin Bush, and then they, remember the guy from Temple, Tyler Matakevich, uh, tackling machine? He had the long hair from Temple about a couple years ago. If I showed you a picture, if you look him up, you'd recognize him probably. Mm-hmm. Anthony Ciccolo, Tampa product. Just there's just a lot of talent on this front seven. That Devin I think, Bush. Yeah, I, yeah, I mentioned Devin Bush. He's not even I'm, listed as a starter right now. That's what I'm saying. He is an animal. They can play so much. If the their nickel packages are going to be their pass rushing packages are going to be Hayward to it, T.J. Watt, maybe Ciccolo with Mark Barron and Bud Dupree with Devin Bush and Mark Barron in the middle of the field, like that's like Devin Bush was already the best player on the field in the first preseason game. People thought you included thought he was better than Devin White who the Bucks picked. I remain, I will see Devin White in, in real football time. Cause I, that guy was everywhere for LSU. Am I crazy to think this could be a defensive oriented team? They, oh, they it's going to have to be, they're going to transition to even more James Conner and Jalen Samuels and stuff like that. It's going to have to be a run 
I think the Steelers are going to have to run the ball more because I don't think their secondary is going to be able to slow down a lot of people. So, but the thing is, is they match well. I mean, how's this team going to defend OBJ? How does any team defend OBJ, but how is this team going to defend OBJ in that Browns offense? I know we're getting to the Browns next, but the, the, the Ravens can do it. They I don't have, think that this Steelers the team does not help, match yeah. up though. Uh, I'm trying to think. The, the, yes, thing is, it's not even looking at the looking at the Browns versus Steelers last year does nothing because it's it's Todd Munkin now. But it, they're going to rely on their front seven. They're they're like the inverse of the Patriots and the Ravens, where they're going to where they're going to rely on their front seven to keep everything good, which is going to be good for stopping the run. But it's a passing league. So we'll see how that goes, but I mean, not much has changed. Thing is, a lot has changed, but not much has changed from Pittsburgh last year. Le'Veon Bell was already ushered out. They replaced Antonio Brown. I'm sure that Roethlisberger and they and they and they feel a, lot, a sense of comfort and relief that the drama that is surrounding Antonio Brown is not in their camp anymore. So I assume that must be the good vibes. Gang is now officially in Pittsburgh, all that stuff. But there's talent on this roster. This mm, team's. We- this Go ahead, continue. They're just kind of flying under the radar. They're just kind of flying under the radar. So very quickly before we go through their schedule, over under all that stuff, things that we that need to happen. I think we already touched on that. It's their secondary needs to be their secondary needs to improve, and we need to see a step up from Moncrief, Washington, and Switzer to to offset the loss of Antonio Brown. Just offset, it, not make up his production. But if they can make up his production amongst the three of them, that's a win, and that's a win in my eyes. Because Vance McDonald's underrated tight end. Fantasy purposes, Big Ben, late-round quarterback if needed. James Conner, top-two-round pick easily. Not top-two overall. He's a round-two pick very easily. Juju, same exact thing. Keep him late. And then just, you know, Moncrief is cemented as the number two right now, but just close your eyes and throw a dart. If you're going to draft Moncrief, I would suggest drafting Washington later on too. So you have the Pittsburgh, because they're – they're one of the most throw-heavy offenses, so just keep both of them, and you always will have a Pittsburgh receiver. But um, do you want to say something before I go over the over-under? Yeah, I just wanted to uh, quick shout-out to Steelers' former receiver, Daryl, or receivers coach, Daryl Drake. He just passed away recently. Um, a lot of former receivers have been reaching out to how he was like an OG in the game and how much he had taught them. Just wanted to, didn't want to talk all those Steelers receivers without saying a little RIP. Yeah, and before we get to the Bengals and stuff, we'll just say R.I.P. Cedric Benson, which is crazy because I remember mm. watching him at Texas. I remember going to the Bears and stuff like that. That's motorcycle accidents, man. Not safe, no comment on that. But, hey, rest in power. And make sure you look – honestly, just, just tell the people you love, tell people around you that you care about them and just check up on them every once in a while. I know I'm not saying that there was like a drunk or anything like mental mental stuff like that, but you never know when it's going to go, especially a 36, 37-year-old running back. So – um, yeah, their over under win totals at nine. I'm mm. looking. I'm looking at this. It's above the Ravens, I know. And their ske- their opening schedule is very tough, man. They go at New England on Sunday Night Football. Pittsburgh gets has been owned by New England forever, and I don't see how on earth you're going to walk into Foxborough on Ring Night and get that win. So then they host Seattle, who I don't like that matchup for them defensively. No. Defensively, at least. Then they. Yeah. Tr- then they travel to San Francisco, host Cincinnati, 
host Baltimore at Sandy at the Chargers, which means it's Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's home game, but still they have to travel across the country by week. Host the Dolphins, host the Colts on a short week. No, not a short week. Um, Dolphins Steelers is a Monday night football game. You are kidding me, right? <laughs> oh my god! That's wow, ever, that's that's terrible. Anyway, then they host the Rams, travel to Cleveland at Cincinnati, host Cleveland at Arizona, host Buffalo at the Jets, at Baltimore to conclude the season. Do you see 10 wins in that schedule? No, I don't think so. They had nine wins last year. They did get better defensively. De- if Devin Bush is the is the best rookie in football defensively, I can st- I can see him getting the nine wins. Strictly because you think about how good the defenses were with Ryan Shazier, you get now you're getting Shazier's replacement with Devin Bush. That's the only thing I can see happening. But I think this offense will take a small step back, and then can the defense make up for that? Can the defense get those turnovers, get those sacks, do all that stuff to make the, make life easier for their offense? And as, go ahead. I was just gonna say, as much as we've talked about, like we're as much as has been speculated for how's Antonio going to do in his new offense. I'm curious to see how big Ben's going to do in his new offense. How is Antonio? How is Juju going to do with all the attention on him? Exactly. Um, So I do, I do kind of relate to that whole, I think the Steelers might take, I think the Steelers are going to start slow again. A couple years ago, they started slow. Big Ben was awful. He got dropped in one of my fantasy leagues. I picked him up and then he, kind of took off but this schedule doesn't really get a break you get you get cardinals Bengals, dolphins you get Bengals twice Mm -hmm. but outside of that like bills are a tough out jets are a tough out ravens are a tough out i think they 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 match up well with the run heavier teams though yeah that late cincinnati that november 24th cincinnati game is also aj green could be back Hmm. And that completely changes the back end of the Bengals' season. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to the Bengals in a, in, after the other, the better Ohio team. But I promised Noah before the pod that we're not going to. We were going to. We promised for the Patriots podcast. The <laughs> it's funny we call the AFC East the Patriots podcast, rightfully so. And um, um, we said we we're going to talk for five minutes about them. End up going fourteen minutes. Yeah, we went thir- 12 minutes. We promised we're going to talk like five minutes about Cincinnati. That's it. But I kind of think I kind of think it's a push. I think it's not, I think it's nine wins again, and I think they're on the cusp of the playoffs. Outside looking in, maybe, but I don't see how this team, unless you believe in the locker room presence being taken out, you're not you. This team, this offense, did not get better at all. So that's where I'm on the fence. How do you are so? You sound like you want to push it at nine. Like I'm gonna push it nine. Like like no 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 I'm saying like you. I don't, are you gonna take the over under of nine wins? With their schedule, I'd have to take under right now or push. But if 
Devin Bush becomes all that I know that he's going to be, then they might be able to steal a game and get to 10. But 9 is a great line. They're they're favored to get the you you lose odds by taking the over. They're minus 120, they're under you have even odds at plus 100 for under. So, Vegas must think at least Action Network as of right now must think they're going to get to that 10 win plateau a little bit, but it's a tough number. I always go the, low on Pittsburgh, so I mean the difference between them getting eight wins and them getting ten wins is the typically they like I mean last year they um, tied with the Browns in one game I if I remember correctly yes um, but the difference between them getting to eight and them getting to ten is being able to split between Ravens and uh, the Browns if they can split between those two games they'll get to ten but Perfect. I but I think the Browns are gonna sweep them. Mm, that's a perfect segue. Perfect segue. Dude, the Browns play the Bucks on Friday night preseason? What? I have plans Friday night for the first time in a while. Look at that, Noah. What do you know? Anyway, um, Cleveland Browns. No team made more splash this summer than the Cleveland Browns. Freddie Kitchens promoted to head coach well sorry my you're gonna hear that prom, that promote will be emphasized when you listen back um trade for odell beckham trade for olivier Vernon. they pretty much just said hey giants you have t- three talented players can we take two of them sure here you go so dude they're so stacked they're so stacked offensively you got you got shaking and bacon at mayfield nick chubb you got Kareem Hunt waiting in, in week nine. Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins is still the, one of the most underappreciated route runners in the NFL. I mean that honestly. My buddy Bruno, shout out to you, Bruno. I know you don't even listen. He was with the Cleveland Browns for a season, and he's and this was when Corey Coleman was there and Josh Gordon's there. He said Josh Gordon's the biggest freaking injury he's ever seen in his life. But he said Rashard Higgins is the best is the best route runner of the bunch. And him and Baker have very good chemistry for working with the twos last year. So you look at that. Then you even go down deeper. Where Antonio Callaway's buried down there, but still, he's still a talented player. Um, your boy, Dave Njoku. Demetrius Harris, tied in for Kansas City. O-line, you know, they, they did trade an O-lineman for Odell Beckham. But... They still have they have the twenty seventh ranked line according to this, which is not very good for something you like. I mean, why why do they have that? Anyways, so they have one new one new starter. I don't know if I'm not going to argue with this guy, but twenty seventh ranked O line that is worrisome. But that's just the offense, man. This defense: Miles Garrett, Larry Gunjobi, Sheldon Richardson, Olivier Vernon. That is the defensive line. That is superstars and stars and emerging star in Ogunjobi. Linebackers, Christian Kirksey, Joe Schobert, Jannard Avery. Secondary, lockdown corner and Denzel Ward. You got Terrence Mitchell, TJ Carey. You draft Greedy Williams. The most, for the whole season, this guy was the most talented. Then they saw him run a 40 and they're like, oh, he's not fast enough. He doesn't tackle. You got him right there. He's your third or fourth corner. Demarius Randall, old former Packer guy, great safety. Morgan Burnett. I'm saying all this to say is Noah. Is there a single weakness out? Is 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 there a hole in this team at all? 
other than the O-line, not really. The O-line is really the only major concern. And even then, I... The only thing that scares me is when this team starts playing upper-tier teams. Like, if you match this team up with, um, like, for example, the Chiefs. I think this team struggles against the Chiefs. Because where are the where's the Chiefs' strength on their defense? Is that D-line. Mm-hmm. And offensively, the Browns are, the Mahomes and the Chiefs will be able to get enough done. And Tyreek Hill will be able to get enough done against this Browns defense. So I guess that O-line's really the only case, but running backs stacked, receivers stacked, tight ends checks the box, quarterback checks the box three times over. Oh, yeah. Pass rush checks the box, stopping the run checks the box. Linebackers are, their inside linebackers are their smallest guys, but they still got, they got one of my favorite tacklers in the in the draft in Sione Takitaki. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You talked about him. Is he from BYU? Yeah, he's a BYU guy. Mm. Takitaki. Takitaki. Uh, Taki Taki with the tackle. Uh, that's what I can't wait to hear. Um, this defense is awesome, though. I'm just curious to see. I mean, we can't mention Browns and not mention Todd Munkin. Yes, yes. It's it's going to be the best, man. With Munkin, Munkin and Kitchen's design to throw the ball deep is just going to be amazing. And Odell, Jarvis... No one has more fun on the football field than Baker. And you're giving Baker Odell Beckham. And you're giving Odell Beckham his best friend in the world, Jarvis Landry. It is going, it's, I, I don't, th- this team, what we, when we were going, the teams were excited to watch. We purposely left off, we didn't mention the Browns right away because everyone's excited. For better or worse, even if you're Colin Cowherd saying <coughs> Baker Mayfield's not this and Sam Darnold this and this, it's a lot of noise out of Cleveland and stuff like that. You're going to tune in to watch Cleveland. You're going to tune in to watch Baker and all of these guys. It is going to be high-level entertainment, and they're going to be a good team. They're going to be, a, I think, a really good team. You said they're sweeping Pittsburgh, which means you had Baltimore easily above the 8.5-win plateau. We'll get there at the end. We may have to get there now, but there's, no, like, there's nothing that can really go wrong unless their own line collapses or... The biggest knock I would have ever done, Baker Mayfield gets hurt. Please, please, gods, please don't get Baker hurt. But the dynamic that Odo, instead of having a Rashard Higgins or a Antonio Callaway stretch the field and, and run slant patterns, you're going to have Odo Beckham do it. And if you commit help to him, you're going to have Jarvis Landry in the slot. And if you commit more help to that, you're going to have Njoku one-on-one with one-on-one. And if you commit to stopping the pass game, Nick Chubb's one of the best running backs in terms of breaking tackles in the NFL, and he has breakaway speed. And then wait till Kareem Hunt's in the mix. And it's just the the options are endless for what this offense can do and what this offense can become. And it's going to be a fantasy football safe haven where you know Baker's going to get you efficiency. You know Odell's going to get his targets because there's no way they played they they paid that price and they're not going to just have him th- not just use him. All the time, as long as he can stay healthy, not get away for him as well. So, I mean, what is your can? Who do you see as the bigger Super Bowl threat, Cleveland or Baltimore? Cleveland's going to have a better regular season record. Baltimore's a bigger threat. 
Is that because of the run game and defense? It's couple fold. Uh, one game is the run game and defense, but I can't really say that the Ravens are going to have a better defense than the Browns. But the Ravens have a more sustainable offense to offensive game plan than the Browns do. And so I could see the Browns winning this division, but I think the Ravens are going to come out a wildcard team, and I'd rather play the Browns than the Ravens going into the playoffs. Very interesting. All right, let's get right to it then. Right to the win total. Their win total is also nine. And they... Over. In- <laughs> Don't even have to tell me the schedule. That is over. Uh, very quickly, the over is... They have the over as plus 100 and the under as minus 120. So this team... So, Action Network Vegas, where they get their odds from, they must think that this team's not going to, they're not going to be as good as Pittsburgh. But they start at home against Tennessee. Monday night game in New York against the Jets, which is going to be Colin Cowherd's literally the game of his life. Then they host the Rams, travel to Baltimore, travel to 49ers for a Monday night game. You get Baker versus Jimmy G, Monday night football. Then they host the Seattle Seahawks. By week, travel to New England, travel to Denver, host Buffalo, host Pittsburgh, host Miami, at Pittsburgh, host Cincinnati, at Cardinals, host Ravens, at Bengals. Looking at the schedule, it's tough. I think after that Broncos game, I think the Bills and Steelers at Bills, Steelers, Dolphins at home wins. I think at Pittsburgh, I think they're going to ride the momentum of that and win. That's four. Cincinnati at home, five. Two Arizona. I think Arizona's going to be coming on strong at the end, but I still think it, Cleveland's playing or something. That's six. Host Baltimore, seven. At Cincy, eight. I think they win their final eight games of the season, and they are the team that no one wants to see in the playoffs. So You think if, the Browns, no one wants to see the Browns in the playoffs? If they're coming in winners of eight straight and look, looking at how the schedule opens up for them, there's a legitimate chance, legitimate chance that they could go six and two in those final eight games, and have a lot of momentum. And I know you you talk about Baltimore and stuff like that, but you don't want to see Odell Beckham in a playoff game. He's not going to take a trip to Miami on Monday either, like he did with the Giants against against the Packers. You're not going to want to see that. And the aggressiveness, and if Kareem hunts, and if Kareem hunts up to speed, there's just a lot of different angles they could throw at you, and. So I think they're a Super Bowl contender. Contender? No. Threat? I think. Do you value? Con, do you think contender is stronger than threat? I feel like threat's like up and coming. I would say they're. I said the this cu- is a. Th- I'd say they're a threat on the. Look, okay, just just very quickly. So we've done. T- so we, we're gonna do tiers real quick. We've done the whole AFC now. Cincinnati's not in tier. So tier one. Bona fide contenders. Kansas City, New England? Tier one. That's tier one. Okay. Tier two, you would have the Baltimores, the Clevelands, the Pittsburghs, the Bills. I mean, I'm forgetting. The Colts. I would put Colts, Texans, Baltimore, Cleveland. Okay. All right, and then tier three, Pittsburgh's on its own, pretty much. Pittsburgh, Denver, De- Jacksonville, Titans. 
All right. So you okay? So yes. at least you. Oh, that's what I was trying to figure. I didn't know if you viewed Cleveland in the same breath as Baltimore and as a playoff threat, but you do view them as the same uh, as in the same tiers. You just would lean towards Baltimore, correct? Yes. Okay. So looking at the schedule. Let me do fantasy real quick. Let me do fantasy real quick. Odell Beckham, first round pick. Baker, he's the top top seven quarterback. I think we had him at top seven or eight quarterback. I don't know if we did the live ring is what we switched him to. Nick Chubb, top ten running back. Especially even if Kareem Hunt comes back, Chubb's still gonna get work. Landry, I'd wait on. I think I want to see Landry in like a sixth, seventh round pick. I want to see how he adapts to. And then Joku's a nice late round tight end. Fantasy out of the way. There you go. So you're going over, and you're confidently going over with that schedule. Yeah, I'm going over, and I'll constantly cause just because they finished third in the North, right? Yeah, seven, eight, one. They're 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 getting the third place cross. Their schedule is is so much easier than the Ravens or the Steelers. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think the Browns are going to be a team to be reckoned with. But I don't know. I don't know how they'll be able to handle. Like it'll be interesting to see first year head coach, first-year, second-year quarterback in a playoffs situation. I mean, I don't doubt Baker. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Let's talk quickly about the Freddie Kitchens. Let's talk about the Freddie Kitchens aspect of the side of things. Do you think that they made the right hire with just entirely promoting Freddie Kitchens, or do you see this as a dirt-cutter, Jameis Winston-type style of promotion where it's gonna it, they promoted to keep the quarterback comfortable and happy? Do you know if Todd Monken's calling the plays or not? Let me look it up. Because if Todd Monken's calling the plays, then I don't see it as a buck situation. But if Todd Monken or if Freddie Kitchens is calling the plays, then it's going to be tough because the Bucks' offense has always got better when Dirk Cutter put his hands off of the offensive play calling. Not because Cutter's a bad play caller, but because as a head coach, you're worried about so many other things. It was part of the reason why I'm happy that Bruce Arians isn't calling plays for the Bucks. Is because it allows um, Brian Leftwich to fully dive into the offense. Arians can kind of get his flavor in on all the units and make sure things are getting held up to his expectations. But offensive game planning, offensive play calling takes so is such a tedious, such a mm. time consuming job. And if you're worrying about the whole team plus trying to worry about play calling, it's just not it's not going to work out well. But that's why I like. Kitchens is calling plays. Kitchens is calling plays. Munkin agreed to surrender the play calling things, and they also have Steve Wilkes running the defense. So they literally have a head coach running the defense, and then two powerhouse off. Well, one powerhouse offensive guy, and Freddie Kitchens, who is you know, we'll see. That's what I'm gonna say. It's we'll see, but I like the I like the coaching staff mix because Munkin's older. Steve Wilkes is 49 years old. Spent 12 seasons as a secondary coach and stuff like that. It was Carolina's coordinator, then became Arizona's head coach, fired after one year. Not really all his fault. So I'm, I like the staff around him. I just want to see if we're going to see Kitchens surrender the if if Kitchens like you know what, Todd, you do all this. But Todd obviously could probably could have gotten jobs anywhere. So he had to say, hey, I'm I want to be key in the in the game plan. I want to be in your. I want to be able to you know tell you what i see during the games and and try to say hey steer in the right direction so that's how i think it's going to be if it's a tandem duo like that um but it also helps as you mentioned having a defensive head coach because maybe it won't necessarily like obviously head coach is the head coach but maybe it'll be more of a 
uh, uniformed team effort between the three of them to try to accomplish everything that needs to get accomplished mm-hmm. for the as a team as a whole instead of you know because obviously it's a it's a kitchens probably slash monken lifestyle and then defensively like you mentioned we have the former head coach so maybe it's gonna i don't know that makes me nervous ah yeah. oh, well because there are only there are only so many head coaches that are also good at calling plays. Andy Reid being one of them. Mm-hmm. But even then, even then it falls well, off. Sean McVay, another one of them. Shanahan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we'll see how we'll see how it we'll see how it adjusts. We'll see, man. It's going to be interesting. But so you have them as you you'll take the over of nine. You said it without hesitating. Let's go. Let's uh, let's quickly go to Cincinnati, man. Let's. It's, a, it's unfortunate. It. Yeah, Jonah Williams out for the season. A.J. Green out for the first couple weeks. Um, I mean, there's no... I think we discussed this earlier. I, I could have swore we discussed this on, the, on an earlier pod, but I mean, I just feel bad for Geno Atkins. I feel so bad for him. Because there's, there's some talent on this team. It's just not all put together. And Joe Mixon, phenomenal running back. Dalton, when has a good offensive line, and AJ Green, he's actually a pretty decent quarterback. But I don't really see if like we're getting anything. They draft Billy Price. I think that was last year. That was last year they yes. drafted him, right? Ohio State so, guy. So they were they were building their O line only for their O line to get blown up because they drafted a a left tackle that needed that needs surgery. So, I mean. I don't even want to. Is it even worth looking at their offensive line rankings? Because it's it's ranked thirtieth right now, and <laughs> their over under win total is six. They have a new coach in Zach Taylor from the Sean McVay tree of coaching. Marvin Lewis finally gone. So Lucas, let me ask you this question: It's about the only relevant with AJ Green gone. What receiver or receivers do you see stepping up? It has to be Tyler Boyd. But he, his production didn't change. He actually was slightly worse in terms of production numbers when A.J. Green wasn't in the lineup last year. So it's weird. I mean, I love Joe Mixon, and I had him last year, and he was wonderful for me. Excuse me. But I don't trust this offensive line. Teams are just going to be stacking the box, and Mixon can make some plays and stuff, and he's going to be the focal point of an offense, which is always something you look for in terms of fantasy volume. But – Boyd, just Boyd. I mean, do you want to go through the child? Do you want to go through Tyler Eifert, the Tyler Eifert injuries again? Do you really trust John Ross? Do you really trust C.J. Uzoma? I mean, do you trust Cordy Glenn and John Jerry and John Miller and Bobby Hart blocking for him? These are things I don't see, man, and it's upsetting. So I wouldn't surprise me if this is the one of the two worst teams in football, three worst teams, the them, Miami, and Washington. Only thing I'm looking forward to seeing is Joe Mixon, honestly. And when A.J. Green comes back, let's hope that they're not a complete dumpster fire. Let's hope that they're somewhat slightly relevant because, you know, A.J. Green could take this off, can by himself elevate, elevate the team. It's not something you usually see from a running AJ back. AJ Grieving in the lineup, like if he were to be healthy playing all 16 games, that's the difference between this game, this team winning two, three games to uh, winning five to seven. Yeah. Um, 
Their over-under is six. I would take the under as of now. Yes, I'm going to look at their schedule real quick. I wouldn't even have to. I mean, yeah, I mean, look. We can, but... <laughs> All right, you tell me when you hear when you think they can win this game. At Seattle, host the 49ers, at Buffalo. They could win that 49ers game. Okay, I'm interested to hear your 49ers thoughts, because a lot of people, including your brother, are thinking they're Super Bowl bound. Once again, though. Skip um, Skip Bayless and Eno takes. Uh, at Steelers, host the Cardinals, could win that game. At Baltimore, host Jacksonville. At the Rams, bye week, host the Ravens. At Oakland, maybe the Oakland game? Could win the Oakland game. At, I mean, they host Pittsburgh. They host the Jets. Maybe the Jets? Nah. <sighs> that at, Jets D line's going to destroy that Bengals mm-hmm. offensive line. At Cleveland... Host the Patriots at Miami. Dude, that Miami game week 16 could be the two of all. It could be, be the two of all. And they end the season hosting Cleveland. So I would try to hammer this as soon as possible. The under, even with A.J. Green, the back half of their schedule is pretty, is pretty tough. And they still have to make it for the other roster holes, the other holes in the roster. So um, with this team, uh, question, just in, though. question, yes. Yeah, how do you feel about their hire with Zach Taylor? I was excited to see him. I think that a new vibrant. I mean, I don't really, I don't, I'm not really like hire the McVeigh predecessors or like hi every, anyone who works for McVeigh, but I am excited to see it. I am excited to see how he looks. Andy Dahl. Andy Dahl's been in You know where like, he played ball at, right? No. He's a former Husker. Oh, so oh, the you real question his, is what are your thoughts? Do you know who his head coach was when he was at Nebraska? Tom Osborne. No. Good. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't that old. Um, uh, Bill Callahan. Oh, that's, that's interesting. His son is now the offensive coordinator for Zach Taylor. That's awesome. Dude, guess what two teams he played for professionally? The Bucks as a practice squad player, and then he played for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Shout out to the loudest fans in CFL, baby. <laughs> I love that, dude. There's Winnipeg Stadium is built right on their school, right on the University of Manitoba's campus, and it is based. It's literally built just like the Seattle Seahawks thing. It's pretty cool. It's, it, it does get loud. Never got to go to a game because you know, paycheck to paycheck life can't really afford the expensive Winnipeg things. But is what it is. Um, but how do you feel about this guy? We're, we're going longer than five minutes, Noah. Very quickly. I'm excited for the hire. It's going to be a long, long road to build what they want, but. Um, I think they're eventually just that. I think they're draft drafting Jonah Williams to me screams. All right, we're just gonna start over. Yeah, pass on Haskins. They, they could be eyeing. They could be eyeing Trevor Lawrence, twenty twenty one. Although I him, would say I would say that's Miami's biggest threat is going to be Cincinnati. Yeah, because no then, everyone else everyone else has their quarterback unless unless Jameis flops. That would suck. Yeah, knock on wood to that. We're not, we're not going to put those bad vibes in. So, Cincinnati, Joe Mixon, wait till AJ Green's back. Enjoy the Red Rocket of Andy Dalton because we don't know how much longer we're going to have him. And, yeah, I think that's that. – so you're so you're going Cleveland, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati as your regular season? Cleveland, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Yeah, that would be, uh, my, that would be my four. I haven't decided if I'm going Cleveland or Baltimore yet. I have the – have the, the the luxury of waiting another two weeks to come to finalize all this stuff but hey we did it afc is done 
the AFC preview. We previewed all the, every division. And um, so this is on Thursday. So tomorrow on Friday, whenever you're listening to this, you're going to be hearing it. You can listen to this whenever. That's the beat of this. We're doing this now, but you can go back the Sunday, the Saturday, the Sunday morning before football, the Thursday, the thir- day of the f- football season starts, Thursday. <laughs> I can get that out. Just throw on these podcasts. They're, they're 45 minutes to an hour long. Just you get all your information very quickly. We do it in a nice laid back way. We're not throwing a bunch of stats at you. We're not throwing schematics at you. We're doing a nice calm calm blend of both we're not yelling at each other so um we'll have a this friday we're gonna have noah's gonna send me everything he wants to talk about college football and i'm gonna limit his husker talk to 15 minutes probably should make it even a little less because i think we've done a cumulative of about an hour and and 45 minutes since the summer started and we're gonna preview everything college football gonna get some playoff picks from him over unders to do we're gonna mix some mix some betting it with some schemes just all just the typical stuff we do at the ordinary pod but just stay tuned guys noah thanks for hopping on thanks for having me i'm excited to dive into the nfc talk and honest mm. college football is on this saturday that's what i'm i know you were just mentioning that but it's i back. can't wait it's back uh i'm gonna have an article for you guys fantasy football wise draft like michael duggar i'm not saying i'm a fantasy guru but I have people that always ask me about for fantasy advice. I, I enjoy, my favorite part is the draft. I don't really care. I don't care for it, obviously, but I enjoy the draft more than anything. So I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to give you guys what I'm going to be doing, my thought process through it. Look for that later this week or look for that. Yeah, whatever. Um, and subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I'm going to upload the net. I'm going to upload these on SoundCloud as we go, most likely. And yeah. Like right here, give us a, uh, a subscribe, likes, whatever, all that, all that fun stuff, man. Um, and that's gonna do it for us on the Nornary Pod.